When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Chill, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. Caps fans, we've got another incredible episode, as usual. We hope you had a uh, great New Year's Eve and are enjoying the first week of 2024. Hopefully it hasn't completely shit the bed for you like the entirety of 2023 did for me. I'm glad that fucking year is over. So uh, on to bigger and better, right, Polly? Yeah, buddy. Let's drink to 2024. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's pop some tabs and get it going. One, two, three. All right, so just some beyond NHL news. A lot of things happened on New Year's, actually, New Year's Day. Uh, Polly, the PWHL started with their inaugural game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So the first game, uh, New York beat Montreal 4 to nothing, with the first ever goal coming from Ella Shelton. Um, they have since played... There was another game tonight, Wednesday, and then I believe the remaining two teams will play Thursday evening. So the coverage was picked up in Canada. So it'll be on TSN and all that. Um, And then there will be regional coverage. So, you know, probably whatever the Rangers are on or whatever for the New York team in Boston and whatnot. But all games will be available on the PWHL's YouTube page. So everyone should have access to it. Um, There's something interesting, a rule they have that I really like, actually. And that is if you let up a shorthanded goal, the power play is over. So, So that's like punishment, double punishment. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I don't know. I mean, interesting, interesting. I think uh, that's kind of just a double kick in the nads, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it it, it kind of feels like the like the polar opposite of what college hockey used to do. I don't know if they still do, where if you scored on a delayed penalty, you still got the power play. So. Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, the opposite side of the spectrum, but the same principle of, you know, um, you're not going to, or I mean, in the 
the college hockey example, you're not off the hook just because you got scored on. And here it's, you know, double punishment, just the opposite side. I like it. Um, I think it's a nice, interesting way to make them a little more unique uh, while still staying true to the game. I did see a tweet that I th- I'm pretty sure it was the Champions League in Europe has the same rule. Mm. Um, oh, I okay. Like Champions League for hockey. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I mean, um, there has to be some, I would think there's some sort of data point that's driving this. And to be completely honest, I've maybe seen it happen a couple handful of times where you give up a shorty and then you go and score on the, the rest of the power play. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doesn't seem the, it's not the norm to let up a shorty and still score on the power play. Right. I think, I feel like it's actually pretty rare. So, you know, maybe they're just saying, screw it. Let's get back to five on five real hockey. And if that is the reasoning, uh, I think that's cool. Yeah. So cool. I mean, that's great. And so uh, earlier in this season, we discussed the PWHL having like all of these really batshit crazy names that were ultimately bad. And in fact, we renamed them on one of our segments a few episodes ago. And I thought our names were sick. Okay. To be completely honest, but it looks like they're just going by the, uh, the city or the state that they're representing. Is that right? Yeah. It's going to be this season. um, Just name of wherever they're from. Uh, Just going with a a league-wide Washington football team approach. (laughs) Nice. Um, They, uh, I mean, honestly, PWHL, you can use our names. We give you permission. We just want royalties. We won't even have no upfront fee, just like royalties on like ticket sales, like even half a percent for every team. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with that. I consent. Yeah. So, you know, have your people call our people and, and we'll get it handled. Um, our people are us. <laughs> right. Our people is just DM me in, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, at Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, World Juniors, though, popping off some really great news. But Paul, I'll let you. I'll let you break it for everybody. All right. Well, USA finished undefeated in the qualifying. They won Group B. Sweden got Group A, and two really good things happened in the first round. Team USA won, so they will play Finland in the semis at 1:30 p.m. Thursday, January 4th, and Canada lost to Czechia in last year's rematch of the gold medal game. Let's go. Ha, Canada, you suck. And that ends the tournament for them. Yep, they're done. They went home. Dunzo. Saw a lot of uh, sad little Canadian children uh, on that squad and, going to be honest, made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the NHLer for the Bruins – uh, he's heading back with no hardware. Well, I guess his consolation prize is you're still in the NHL kid. Yeah, true. <laughs> so maybe I'm the loser here. 
uh, (laughs) but, but still, uh, great to see Canada out this, you know, we had said the USA team is the way that they're situated in their groups. They could, uh, you know, get a fast track to a finals game. Now, Finland's no slubs. They're going to, they're going to put up a fight and they could totally beat the, the USA team. You know, this is the crazy part about world juniors. You know, it's, it's much like an NFL schedule. You lose once and it's over. Yeah, for real. Um, and you know, Finland, it's, it's going to be a good game. Um, I think the winning team, there, there have been a quite a few blowouts in this, uh, tournament, especially team USA. I think they scored, well, they scored seven goals in at least two of their games, seven or more. May There may have been other games with those high numbers. I can't remember. Um, but I don't think the winning team is winning by any more than two in this game. And I wouldn't necessarily call it a coin flip, but this is very close to 50-50, I think. I, I think Finland Finland's a good team, and if USA doesn't bring it, then they're looking at playing for bronze. Right. And, you know, this is definitely something that could, could happen. I mean, it's, um, uh, again, these are kids who are pretty young. Uh, the top age is 21 to be playing in this tournament. So, you know, and, and they can't even officially be 21. It's like, you know, 20 and about to turn 21 um, to be in it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sweating this game, but I think that it's better than playing against Sweden in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, which is still very possible. Whether they win or lose, 50-50 chance they'll be playing Sweden in Sweden. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, USA, baby, let's fucking go. Where can they? Where can you watch this tomorrow? I, is it on the NHL Network? Yeah, NHL Network, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and... That's it. Uh, I don't believe it's on ESPN Plus. So, okay. And when I say tomorrow, I mean today when this episode's released. So today, uh, Thursday the fourth, one thirty NHL Network. Rep your country. Right. Do it. Uh, let's go USA. Um, but let's move on to the NHL. Thanks for that uh, sweet update on on extracurricular hockey. Let's go into the NHL. The with some league news, uh, some interesting stuff. Samsonov waived after giving up six goals on 21 shots against Columbus. He's not actually going to – he he clears waivers, but he's not actually going to report to the Marlies. The team's just kind of letting him chill for what uh, True Living is calling like a, a physical and mental reset. Uh, that's a first-round draft pick, a first-round draft pick that the Washington Capitals did not recoup a single asset for – and literally let just walk away. Looks like it may have been the right decision, but uh, you know, of course, Samsonov has has shown flashes of brilliance. Um, you know, I kind of I, I look at him as like a uh, dollar store version of Vasilevsky or a Darcy Kemper. You know, big guy, um, kind of really relies a lot on his size and, and does a good job of of using his size to his advantage. What do you think, Paulie? Yeah, yeah, I, I think his his style definitely um, mirrors Kemper. I think he's just not as good as Kemper. Um, and I think uh, 
a dollar store version of Vasilevsky is also very fair. He just <laughs> he's he's so hot and cold, and it doesn't seem like he's been hot since midway through his last capital season. Right. Um, and, you know, playing in a big market like Toronto can't be easy. So sucks, yeah. but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what Samsonov does. I mean, I think, though, that this is probably his last chance um, to prove himself in some way, shape, or form. But honestly, he's got a really, really steep uphill battle to climb back into the NHL ranks. I would think that they're going to put him down at the Marlies to get him back in once he comes back. And then he has to really just kill competition uh, before getting the call up. So you may not see Samsonov in the NHL sweater for the rest of the season. And then if that doesn't happen, maybe forever. Okay, Joe, here he comes. Yeah, right back in where he was a stud, you know, um, he was one of the best goalies in the KHL when he left. Maybe he just returns there and still has a highly successful career in Russia. I'm sure he wouldn't hate it. Right. I mean, he's got options. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, crazy stat. Connor McDavid has 900 career points, dude. That's nuts. He's played 602 games. He has almost 300 more points than he has games played in the fucking NHL. That is wild. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good clip. <laughs> For McDavid, that's his, the fifth fastest in NHL history. Gretzky's first. He did it. Gretzky did 900 in 385 games. That's insane. I mean, I don't even know. That's like three points a game, dude. At least two. Uh yeah, it's two point something. Yeah. Uh crazy. Uh Mario did it in four hundred and sixty-three. Uh Mike Bossy did it in five hundred and eighty-two, and Peter Stasny did it in five hundred and ninety-nine. Either way, being fifth all time in the NHL uh at any phase in your career, because the NHL has such a deep history, is insane. Um, I just thought like nine hundred points, it seems like Connor McDavid was just coming back from breaking his shoulder um, during his rookie year. Like when, you know, everybody thought he might have been a bust because he got hit and, and he's injured, and then he just comes out and absolutely torches the league. And now yeah, we're here. I think that's the thing with the NHL. You know, with guys coming in so young, you kind of – I don't think time passes the same way. You know, a, a lot of other – Athletes in North America play college sports first, you know, especially in football, and they're not starting their pro career till they're 22, 23, 24. And these guys starting at 18, you know, he's like, you know, probably in his mid 20s right now, maybe 26, 27 at the most. And it feels like he's been here for, I mean, it feels like it was just yesterday, but also you're like, wow, he's played that many games. Right. 600. So, you know, like you said, it's been about seven seasons. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, 900 points is mind blowing to me. Uh, he is leaps and bounds, 200 points ahead of everyone else um, in the, in, in the entire like draft class that he came in since he, he came in in 15, 16 season. Um, dry sidle, is second with like 700 and change low 700s 
So yeah, yeah I mean, Connor McDavid's good at hockey. <laughs> breaking news. Right. Uh, so shout out Connor McDavid. You know, we know you'll never win a cup with the Oilers. If you ever want to come over to the Caps, you know, you just let us know. Take like a nice hometown discount. You know, come down from that thirteen million a year. Maybe we can afford you at like three and a half. Just take Short the term. minimum. He's made enough yeah. money. Yeah, seriously though. At the end of your contract, you just don't be selfish. <laughs> right. You can just get hooked up with a really nice uh, endorsement deal from the Smithsonian. Right. Of course. Yeah, that'll totally make up for the, you know, thirteen plus million a year that you'll be not getting. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, at the very least, you'd be out of fucking Edmonton. That's probably a win in itself. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think Ovi would have a lot more points if Connor McDavid was passing to him. That's true. That's true. So, uh, I don't even know if the league would let that happen, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's NBA shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'd let him, they wouldn't let him go to Washington or Pittsburgh or right. probably or Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the injury side of things, Philip Cheadle is actually returning to Chechia to recover from his fourth concussion. You know, this is a really sad story, man. Philip Cheadle, real big piece of that Rangers team, provided a lot of secondary scoring, good two-way player. Uh, this is his fourth concussion. He's only 24 years old, man. Um, brutal, brutal bounce for him. Going back to Chechia, which is his home, to recover and hopefully uh, come back. But, you know, this is uh, giving red flags of career-ending concussion injury like, you know, Eric Lindros style. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, it would suck either way, but to be that young and already dealing with so much, you know, <clears throat> I hope he recovers fully. And if he does make a comeback – Jeez, hopefully he doesn't get a fifth because this is awful. Yeah, and I mean, the Rangers need him, so, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, suspensions. Jason Zucker suspended three games for boarding Nick Cousins, man. This play was just such baby shit, man. Did you watch this? It's been on Twitter all over. Yeah. Cousins comes in, hits a guy on his knees prone. And he's kind of got his back to he's got his back to the play. Zucker sees this. It's a cheap hit by Cousins. The guy's on his knees, and and you still go for the body there. Um, Zucker sees it and just plows him from behind. A hard hit from behind, sure. As soon as Cousins takes this hit, he just folds like a long chair, throws a glove off, falls straight back. And is it looks like somebody shot him, like he's dying. Um, I don't believe there is an injury on the play. I don't know, but uh, you know, of course, dangerous play all the way around. I'm not commending or or, or Jason Zucker for this, um, but you know, Nick Cousins, woof, what a look. Yeah, I mean, he Cousins should they should at least be talking about his hit. But I do think Zucker's was much worse. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for people who throw a hit like Zucker did there. That was, uh, I mean, it was, it was like slow motion. The, right. 
the hit that ha- he had so much time to not do it to just which proves how blatant it was which obviously um <clears throat> but damn that was that was about as textbook as you can get on a cheap shot yeah i mean he he went in with the intention of throwing a cheap shot cheap shot for sure yeah. um there there's nothing to be questioned there um and yeah i mean uh, three games warranted because when you come in with the intention of throwing a cheap shot, that's definitely intent to injure as well. Yeah. So, you know, good riddance, whatever. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal play. So, Caps fans, we have a lot of uh, a lot of Washington hockey to talk about. But before we do that, I do have to tell you about our awesome sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the on-ice action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York call in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Capstones, let's talk about the bumpy ride that the Washington Capitals are currently going through. And this week's Washington Rap Run. All right. So uh, some sad news. Reggie Savage passed away. I believe he was a victim of cancer. Uh, and that was announced on the 29th, uh, right, of, you know, right before the new year. Uh, you know, one of the first uh, people of color to play for the Washington Capitals way back in the day. Uh, was a good, great player in his own right, and uh, you know, kind of sucks to see him go. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, you know, it was uh, it was nice to nice that they had a tribute to him, uh, as I imagine they would for anybody. Um, and uh, you know, it's just another piece of Cap's history, Cap's family, and so you know, condolences go on to all of his loved ones. And all of his former teammates. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So <clears throat> the New York Islanders were our first opponent this week, again, on the 29th, like I'd said. Uh, we're in UBS Arena, and this was an absolute – we just got – the Caps got the floor wiped with them. I mean, it was it was bad. The first period started pretty even, but then Lindgren, Charlie Lindgren, took a shot up high. And Faviari then subsequently took a really awkward gainer after being tripped into the boards by average Anders Lee, as grumpy old man likes to call him. Uh, Both went down the tunnel. That's not good. They did not return for the rest of the game. Faviari's gainer looked bad. Uh, The the shot taken by Lindgren, it just must have just gotten – 
past the dangler there and right on the collarbone. Um, he has been out ever since, so he's missed a few games in which the Capitals have sorely needed him. He, I think, has been the better of the goaltenders between him and Kemper, though Darcy Kemper has has really done well. Um, you know, I just uh, – we all know that Darcy Kemper is not a, you know, 60-game guy. He's more of a 35- to 40-game guy um, or maybe a 40 if, if you're pushing it to 50. Uh, game goalie. <clears throat> He's had injury troubles in the past. So one strong foothold that the Washington Capitals were really putting a lot of weight on was our goaltending. And that has taken some pretty big beatings right at the top of the week. So not good, especially on a week where we have two back-to-back situations over a total of four games. Yeah. I mean, that's uh talk about the, worst case scenario at the worst time. I mean, losing Lindgren, the Caps really can't afford that right now. Um, and we'll get to it later in the show about what happens when Lindgren's not around. <laughs> right. Uh, but back to the Islanders game, the first period ended even with both teams not really doing any damage. And this bled into the second until the Caps, who had an extended possession, coughed up the puck uh, for a four-on-two that Pajot hammered home, it was a nice goal. Shortly after that, Dobson buried short side on a shot Kemper wished he had back for sure. And just like that, the Caps are down two to nothing. You know, gone are the days, I'm, I'm thinking at this point, because, you know, the Caps are knocking on the door right before this. Um, and then they find themselves down two nothing just like that. Gone are the days when the Caps are hemorrhaging offensive prowess, man. The offense was never uh, an issue, <clears throat> but as our core has changed and aged, it's definitely an issue for the past few seasons. And it's, you know, ultimately really sad to see no more exhilarating OV goals every night. Um, you know, we don't have the secondary scoring. We have one really solid line and they were our third line now promoted to the second with that Protus McMichael and Mantha line. But they're prone to being streaky as well. Uh, you know, a couple young guys on that on that line, and then you have Anthony Mantha, who's been streaky his entire career. So, you know, I can't blame them, considering they hold probably two of their top three forwards on the team. Uh, and I think that's Protus and, and McMichael. But, <clears throat> you know, you got to do what you got to do. And like I said – the Caps are struggling to find offense, and it's been a reoccurring theme throughout this week and the season. Uh, the Caps did continue a very pitiful display, and the only reason this isn't a total headliner embarrassment is because the Isles suck ass, and they shouldn't be where they are in the standings. Um, and as I wrote that, uh, Gautier just buried a, a juicy rebound off Kemper when I was literally writing that the Islanders suck ass, the Islanders hmm. scored again. Um and then buried another one. He buried another one immediately after. Just the wheels had completely fallen off at this point. You know, uh, Kemper coming in relief, it's a tough situation for him. But, uh, you know, playing this type of close hockey, eking out points in close games, then blowing up like this is not sustainable for most teams in the NHL and, and least of all the Washington Capitals. Uh, just a big fucking joke this game was. And at the end, Pajot scored his second uh, and gave the Islanders their fifth goal. So 
I don't even know who scored. I'm trying to look through uh, who scored in this game, but honestly, it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty yucky game. Um, this is, I think, the Capitals that people expected during your um, during our probation period. You know, <laughs> we we weren't taking them serious. And this is right. what people thought they were. And hopefully this isn't something that continues. But this looked like an old team who has lost their juice. Yeah, and going up against a team that's really not that highly skilled. Uh, yeah. I would say that the New York Islanders are defensively pretty good. They have okay goaltending. And... They are more of a lunch pail team, if you will. They get they get rebounds. They go to the net. They play pretty fundamental, ugly hockey. And this is what, you know, aside from maybe a couple guys standouts like Barzal, who never does much to us, um, I, I think that's the identity of, of the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're they're the kind of team that likes to win one nothing. And they're happy doing it all the time. Um, right. It was a Mantha goal, by the way. Streaky Mantha. Uh, yeah. So good for good for Mantha. It's great to see him coming off the Schneid. I definitely, I think it's officially the, uh, like I said uh, last last episode, the uh, officially uh, Anthony Mantha's revenge tour. He's definitely living up much more to expectations than he has been previously. But at the end of the day. An absolute ass beating five to one by the Islanders in their home barn and a four point swing clean going to the going the Islanders way. The very next day, the Washington Capitals get right back home uh, and play Nashville and lose in a three to two shootout. At this point, uh, since Lindgren was was hurt, Hunter Shepard gets called up. He's in net. Ethan Bear, number 25, makes his uh, debut. Polly, do you know any significance around the number 25? Um, nothing special that I can think of. Oh, okay. Well, that's just the number I wore in college in the you know, several years that we played together on that team. But, uh, you know, you were the captain and had to fill out the score sheets and things. I just figured you may remember that. You couldn't hear the sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> of course, of course, I remembered your number. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, I love that he's wearing number twenty-five. I think the last number twenty-five that stands out to me was Jason Chimera. Oh, digging yeah. it up. Yeah, that's old school, baby. Um, <clears throat> so. In this game against Nashville at home, Beck Malenstein's hard work the past few games really paid off. And the first, cleaning up some rebounds. Uh, the first ended really close in shot totals, but the Preds end up up 2-1. You know, I believe Philip Forsberg scored here. You know, of course. he's Philip Forsberg is so fucking good. And on top of that, he's like Nashville's all-time leading scorer in several categories. Um, and... Uh, you know, this is the team I, he's got to elevate his game every time he plays the caps, because this is the team that said he was too soft to play in the NHL. 
that we didn't like him because of this or that. And he's, you know, doesn't play to his size or whatever. That's what the rumor is. Um, but ultimately th- this giveaway of Forsberg for Erat and Lada and was, I mean, before he had even touched a single skate to NHL ice, we got rid of him. Uh, one of the highest touted prospects of the entire draft in years and, definitely looked at is probably one of the biggest GM blunders by George McPhee in all NHL history. Uh, yeah, Especially it's definitely, right. it's definitely uh, in the top ranks because yeah, he would have been nice to have all these years. Dude, imagine Philip Forsberg on this team right now. I think um, <clears throat> some of our issues wouldn't be at least as prevalent yeah, for real. Um, <clears throat> uh, on the way back, though, uh, Ovi did score in the second as the power play expired, and boy, was it a snipe from the office. A great play to set it up as well um, after what was a, a miserable power play. Then the top blew off the game. The Caps had some wild breakdowns that Shepard had, Shepard had to shut down, which was all in the Caps getting involved in a track meet that culminated in Hunter Shepard stuffing a backdoor attempt before a commercial break. Uh, you know, I love watching this type of hockey. It's super exciting when it just gets a little out of control and, and rushes are going both ways, but this is not the style of hockey that the Washington Capitals can play and expect to win. No, I mean, maybe seven years ago, but um, right. right. That's just, it. honestly, the Capitals have to play a little more like the Islanders if they want to have success, I think. Absolutely. You're right. Um, in the third, it was a battle where the Caps are doing pretty shitty job at times, but some magic happened during delayed call. Ovechkin seemed to bury his second of the game, but apparently there is goalie interference. Uh, this call sent me into blind rage. Uh, Nick Dowd was outside the crease. The goalie initiates contact, uh, and they took down an Ovi goal. Uh, fucking hosed, robbed, bamboozled, shitty, shitty, terrible call. We got absolutely robbed uh, of this game where we should have won. You know, it was 2-2 two, two to this point. This would have been a game-winning goal for Ovechkin. Dowd makes just the slightest of contact with the with the, the Predators goalie, who's a rookie, and – the goalie just kind of gives up on the play, gets sniped, and uh, Toronto is uh, the one that had that stepped in and challenged this themselves of review because it happened so late in the period. Uh, um, <clears throat> I mean, I think this is that's evidence for just getting rid of that fucking rule. Uh, Toronto has no business in, in over why why the last minute. If you're going to do it, why not just do it for every fucking goal? Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty ridiculous for Toronto to initiate this review, especially when it was this close. I think if Dowd had just like completely crushed the goalie and it wasn't called, that might make sense. But a call this close, I mean, it wasn't a good call. That's for sure. Um, Right. I mean, it was it was good by the ref to not call it initially. Um, This. This is terrible, and uh, I hate it. 
yeah, fuck you, NHL. Fuck you, Toronto. Fuck everybody involved in this process. You can all die slow. But yeah, I the, hope whoever made the decision to call it off, like the guy with the last word, you know, I hope that he has a year of burnt bagels and always, you know, his Uber driver's always late. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, and I think my main gripe here is that the call on the ice was good goal. Okay. So you need clear evidence to overturn a, a goal on the ice, a call on the ice, you know, really indisputable evidence is really what they're looking for. I don't think they had it. I just don't think it was enough there. I don't think the contact was good enough. You can see the goalie initiate the contact as well, which is even more frustrating. Uh, You know, you talk all the time about the NHL goalie is the new NFL quarterback. And I think this perfectly exemplifies that. I, I honestly think that once the Predators goalie saw it go in, he kind of like flopped, you know, he oh, like kind of played more into it. I was touched and all this shit. Right. And yeah, hated it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's um, hogwash is, is yeah. what this can all be boiled down to. Absolutely. All right. Let's not dwell on it. Let's not get, let's not, let's not work me back into the fever pitch rage that, that was me. Um, God damn it. Um, anyways, so go into overtime, nothing happened there. Then in the shootout, Nyquist and O'Reilly finished and we only got to see Kuzi and Ovi go. Uh, honestly would like to see Ovi maybe go a little later down the uh, shootout rotation, maybe like, replace him with Strom or Mantha or McMichael. Or Carlson. Yeah. JC. Remember, uh, remember when we had Matt Hendricks, that dude was like automatic. Yeah. Remember when we had Oshi? (laughs) Remember that time that we're, we're really just high on the, uh, on the uh, member berries right now. Um, Daniel says <clears throat> there was over a minute, uh, 100.9 approximately minute, one minute point nine. So Toronto should not have been able to review. Um, you know, if it would have gone, if it would have happened just literally a, a couple milliseconds earlier, <clears throat> they would have been powerless in the situation in the capsule one. This is so the absurdity of it just is just compounded with, with every new thing that we, we talk about here. Yeah. Uh, to quote my dad, when he gets upset about review in, in football, the problem is they got the lawyers involved. And <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I can see his point here, you know, they're, they're over scrutinizing things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just let him play. Let him play. Um, yeah. So Daniel agrees with exactly. And they stopped the clock at 59.5, which was erroneous an error. Uh, so yeah, it's fucking trash. Poverty fucking league, bud. One silver lining to this is that we got a point. The second silver lining is Ethan Bear, man, looked good this game. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, <clears throat> I like this kid and, uh, this continues into the only highlight of the week on the, on the second, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, 
hosted the Washington Capitals in Pittsburgh. And what a first period. The Caps definitely came out and dominated. We saw goals from Wilson, an own goal by the Pins from two turntables and a microphone, Beck Malenstein. It's where it's at. Uh, a Favriari goal and a PPG from none other than Ovechkin himself. At the end of the period, we couldn't stop the Pins who decided to wake up for one Raquel, one t- one-timer goal. Um, that sucked, but... You know, going into the going out of the uh, in the locker room after the first with a four-one lead is amazing. Something the Caps do not do uh, and haven't done this season. So that was really great to see, dude. The the Wilson snipe was dirty. Yeah, and who better than Tom Wilson to just have that kind of shot first shift in Pittsburgh? I mean, fifty-five seconds just, in. Yeah, I mean you know that they were all just pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, St. Thomas hath unleashed his holy fury. That's for sure. Uh, Love to see it. And, uh, you know, I love to see Beck Malenstein. You know, it's, it's a hardworking play. He's going in trying to just dish in front. He gets rewarded by throwing something at the net uh, or towards the net even. And uh, he's been a really good understated player, I think on that fourth line. The coaching staff, uh, Carberry especially, seem to have a ton of confidence in our fourth line, which I don't blame them. They should. I think the fourth line has been great all season. Um, only second to the now second line, but they do all of the grunt work, and they're ma- they were matched up against Sidney Crosby's line all night, and Sidney Crosby's having himself quite the season. So, you know, I mean, uh, I thought it was a really good uh, – first period. Now, when the Washington Capitals do things like this, I immediately think they're going to fuck it up. Uh, They, you know, say what you will with the Washington Capitals, but all their games are exciting because you can never count the opponent out. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, you know, again, a pretty damn good period of the pins really looked absent for the for for most of the period. They just weren't there. Ethan Bear, though, skating with confidence. I'm loving his escapability and his puck-moving prowess. This guy, he just he just looks good on both sides of the puck. He's such a – his skating stride is so aggressive and, like, but under control, and he has the speed that he can – I feel like one of his strides is, like, five of mine. And yeah, probably, probably more. Right, probably more. Fuck you. <laughs> All yeah. right, but probably true. Uh one of his strides, man, I mean, he takes two or three good strides and, and he is he can angle almost anybody off at any speed. Uh, he, he really knows his angles. He really knows what he like, what he is capable of. And every time he has the puck, I just just the way that he has it and what he does with it makes me uh, very much at ease. So definitely got a he's he's living up to the bill so far, a puck moving defenseman um, who's good defensively. Yeah, I mean, when he gets the puck or when he's going to make a play on someone, I mean, I can just feel it in my plums. Yeah, All right. They just swell with anticipation with a yeah. dark blue-purple hue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the pins did come out better in the second. They drew a penalty, and then Crosby scored. This was, you know, this – when, when people talk about Sidney Crosby and like, you know, how good he is and shit. I mean, I think this is a really good example of it. He, 
knows that it's a fool's errand to try to like get that puck on his stick. So he just goes down to a knee, blocks off the bottom of, you know, the bottom half of the back door and gets down on a knee and hopes the puck hits him. The puck hits him and then he uses hand-eye coordination, uh, you know, sliding on his back to, uh, to put, to, to tap it in. I mean, you know, if we were Toronto and didn't favor the Penguins, I would definitely say that that was a little goaltender interference. He smacked, he barely touched uh, the glove yeah. of the goalie there. And I think that that's, you know, you know, bullshit. He probably shouldn't have been, that should have been called back probably. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you reeled it in there. You were, you were starting to really sound like a level headed person and uh, <laughs> giving a, a talented player his due. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to have balance in life. You can't just go all negative or all positive. Sometimes you got to, you got to mix it up a little bit, keep yourself, you know, even keeled, but yeah, I mean, a good goal there. Yeah. It was a nice goal. It was an, it was a headsy play to, you know, just to think like that's, that could happen. Uh, I don't know if they practice it or not, but you know, I, I'm thinking about it from a person who shoots from that area a lot in beer league and things like that. If, if a guy got down on one knee and just made himself huge, I would just try to hit him and I probably would get more success than uh, me trying to, you know, thread a dime through. Uh, you'd probably hit him in the face. Whatever. As long as it went in. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. In the face as hard as I can. Yeah. Uh, then Gunsel scored at the end of the period. And it's a four, three game. The caps absorb a penguins onslaught in the third. I think the caps did a really good job of shutting it down. Uh, they, they kept things to the boards. They kept shot temps, uh, you know, shot temps were high, but they shots on net were lower. Um, and when they did have the puck, I thought they made decent decisions with it. And when they could, I mean, they were really hanging on by, I think that if that period would have gone five more minutes, it would have been a tie game. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think um, they definitely survived, and you're right. If, if there was more time, the Caps could have been in trouble because the Pens really seemed like they were feeling it. Um, the, the ice was definitely tilted in their direction, but <clears throat> this was um, a good example of the, the Carberry system doing what it's supposed to do, and, you know, love to see – the Capitals do this more often. Yeah. And obviously love to see him beat the Penguins at any time ever. Um, you know, Penguins losing is almost as good as Caps win. But the negative side of this is that it's three unanswered goals given up and a, a couple times really close to blowing it completely. Not a great game, but a great win that the Caps needed desperately to remain in the playoff picture. If they would have lost the Pittsburgh Penguins would have been in the playoffs um, in a wild card spot. So good to deprive them of those points. The Penguins are currently one of the teams that are just riding our ass uh, in the standing. So that is a four point swing. That's going to be valuable. That has end of season and playoff implications that win there. It also has implications on my pocketbook. I've made several bets with my beer league team on the Caps versus Pins matchup. I have a bet uh, that says the Caps are going to finish at a higher standing than the Washington Capitals. I mean, than the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
and that the Capitals are going to take the season series as well. So, you know, yeah. shit happens when you when you drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this game definitely uh, helped you even things up. Right. Well, a hockey troll always pays his debts, that's for sure. That is true. <laughs> All right. Um, the next night, which is tonight, the night we're recording on a Wednesday, the Washington Capitals head right back home. They're in New or they're hosting New Jersey, the New Jersey Devils, who again are in a similar situation as the Penguins, doing a little bit better. But outside, looking in uh, on the playoff picture, down by two points on the Caps in the standings coming in here again, a division rival that three division rivals who are very close proximity to us in in the standings that if we would have been able to beat all three Metro division opponents would have put us sitting pretty. We would have been in the third Metro spot uh, tied for second, actually with Carolina, if we had have added four more points this week. Yeah. You hate to see, you hate to see this. Um, These are the games that need to be won. The, the division opponents, I mean, that that's where the most value is. Um, just It grinds my gears to see the, see the boys do this. So frustrating. And this is why I say the Metropolitan Division is the best division in hockey because you look at who's in the wild card spots, two Metro teams, who's really hunt, in the hunt there, two Metro teams. I mean, you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, and maybe by the end of the season they figure it out. But as of right now, you know, the Metropolitan is a dogfight from game one through game 82. And it's these points are going to bite the loss. of These points, I guarantee are going to bite us in the ass come down, come like the last 10 games. I think that the Eastern uh, playoff picture is going to be decided by a couple points, just like it was last year. Yeah. And, uh, Weeks like this are not in our favor. Exactly. Three opportunities in one week to for, you know, a 12 points, really, and got two of them, uh, or four of them, so not great. The New Jersey Devils came out and beat the Caps' ass 6-3. to three. Um, Max Pacioretty, first game as a capital on the ice. Yeah, um, you know, he definitely – you know, we were talking about it before the show. He didn't look great, but as I told you, he's been through a lot. So, you know, I don't think it was realistic to expect him to come out and be a game breaker, but I don't think it'll take him long. Yeah, it's been very close to a calendar year in which he's skated an NHL game. So I think we can give this guy just, a, you know, a little bit of leeway here. Let him get his feet under him. Uh, but at this point, I have to believe that he is at least, you know, if you were to ask him, feeling 100%. So that's good. The Caps did a good job, got him rehabbed properly, gave him the proper amount of time, and now it is his time to shine. And, you know, they're saying on TNT, man, even if Patches kicks in 10 to 15 goals, that is a huge, huge piece uh, for for us right now. So. Uh, Hunter Shepard was also in the pipes because Lindgren's uh, between the pipes because Lindgren's still on the shelf. We do have a question here from Connor. 
thoughts of Phillips thoughts on little Matt Phillips personally he says personally not a fan right now um <clears throat> I don't know Polly what do you think uh you know he's not being a big point producer um but I don't know when I when I see him out there he seem he's buzzing around he's getting involved um I don't think he's really much of a problem um I, he's not making big mistakes that cost us really um I would have to say I'm I mean neutral at worst on him yeah you know I've got a I've got to agree look so Matt Phillips is right now he's playing on that third line um he's there at the beginning of the season you know he came out hot full of piss and vinegar I think that's a good thing uh obviously and and he got some points doing it and then you know he gets pushed down to the third line you know I, I believe he's playing with like his Netsov man I mean I'm sure that's kind of tough he's there to keep plays alive which is what uh, Spencer Carberry really likes about him. I think he does that. He had a bad turnover today in the neutral zone um, when I look at kind of what he does. But he's a guy who busts his ass. He's a guy who busts his ass night in and night out. And honestly, I think that's something that the Washington Capitals really need, a young guy to, to get on his horse. He's not big, uh, but he does extend plays. I would like to see that that third line in general just do more. Yeah, I mean, and I guess to expand more on what I was saying, I I don't have necessarily have a problem with him being in the lineup, but um, <clears throat> scratching him for more more um, more regular Lapierre appearances or some other younger guy, you know, if if he's the if he's the the health bomb when new guys need to come in, I uh, I wouldn't hate that either, though. Yes, and actually, I I anticipate Phillips being out when Milano comes back, um, and I would even think that Lapierre probably gets a little, a few more reps in exchange for Phillips throughout the season. Um, you know, and and when I was saying uh, the the line combinations, I mean, he's playing with Dylan Strom and, and Max back ready tonight again. Patches was invisible out there and actually really not good. He made a couple turnovers, not playing great, but again, we'll give him a pass. Um, Dylan Strom's for some reason been buried in the lineup. I don't know why uh, they still have a Evgeny Kuznetsov playing with Ovi. I'd rather see Kuznetsov on the third line to be completely honest, but Dylan Strom's there probably to anchor that shit show of a line, right? Uh, Matthew Phillips there for defensive you know, responsibility and the ability to extend plays in the, in the offensive zone when they when and if they do get there. Um, I haven't looked at the underlying stats, uh, but Justin says, uh, personally, I'm sure he's unsure why we haven't given Frank a look as he has the most goals over the past two years. I'm guessing he think he's talking about Ethan Frank. Um, you know, I don't know either. That's a guy who hasn't gotten a big look at the at the at the top level of the big league. Uh, though he is a stalwart there in Hershey. Um, you know, I the Capitals are dealing with 
a lot of uncertainty, I think, especially when it comes to their cap. You know, just last week they had to send two guys back down. Uh, they had to bring some guys up. What we don't want is to sacrifice our young players to the waiver wire to get picked up for free somewhere else. So having Ethan Frank come up, if he plays more than I, I forget what it is, it's it's a certain amount of games, um, and it's not a high threshold. It's a handful of games, and then he becomes waiver ex- uh, or he's not exempt. So he would have to, you know, bring up for one or two and then back down. He didn't make the roster out of camp, which is kind of uh, crushing the the Caps' flexibility right now. And since everybody is hurt, we've got keep in mind, you know, Nick Backstrom's on LTIR. He's probably not going to come back this season. But we've got Sonny Milano and Charlie Lindgren and TJ Oshie all on the shelf. That's what seven, eight million dollars sitting there that could come back and we're going to want them in the lineup. All three of those players deserve a everyday spot on the Washington Capitals, I believe a regular rostered player. So the Washington Capitals are, are definitely trying to juggle things. And I do think that they're trying to make a deal happen. Now I wish this deal would have gotten done in November, even the Washington Capitals a little bit more time to, you know, figure things out with a new, hopefully top six scoring talent. Um, but who knows? I I, I think uh, ultimately the why they're 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 cash strapped. They're trying to, you know, remain open so that if a deal comes down the pipe, they can execute on it without having to do too many internal roster moves. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's a good point that a lot of people either don't realize or don't think about um, is if the guys get called up, sending them back, sending them back down puts them at risk for giving them away for free. Um, right. So while there may be guys, I mean, Frank, I, I was looking at his stats and he's, he's doing great. Um, he definitely deserves a shot, but I think because, you know, we don't, the caps don't necessarily just have a spot that needs filled. It's more like spots that could be filled. Um, it's probably in, in management's eyes, not worth potentially losing him for nothing um, just to see him play for a couple games. And then, you know, someone picks him up and he's not, you know, Hershey's not there. You know, he, He's not in Hershey anymore. And then he's gone with the caps in the future. And, uh, and then we're talking about him like we were Sam Sonoff losing a, a quality player for nothing. Right. Exactly. So, <clears throat> And, and again, you know, the Washington cap, we, Backstrom going on LTIR is a bit of a gift, right? But we just took $2 million of that and gave it to Bear. And who knows, you know, what we're going to be able to do, you know. So it comes down to do you think that Ethan Frank or a call-up from Hershey deserves right now an everyday spot on an NHL roster for the rest of the season? Because – if we're not going to expose him to the waiver wire, we're going to have to hold him there. And then whose spot is he taking? You know, you can't move. Sonny Milano, TJ Oshie, and Charlie Lindgren are not on two-way contracts. You're, if you're going to waive them, somebody will pick them up. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of – we're strapped because, again, right now, as the team looks, we're beat up. We're injured. Got a bunch of guys out, especially on the forward ranks. And at that time – and at the same time – 
Uh, we have to keep cap room open for them to come back. Uh, and they aren't, and, and I don't think that we have enough in the farm that's a direct replacement for any of the players that I just mentioned. <clears throat> At least not yet. I, I don't think anyone has proven they can be a direct replacement. Maybe they are, but I just don't think the circumstances are there for them to have that opportunity. Right. And it's 100, you know, life's about timing, bro. Absolutely. All right. So on to this 6-3 ass kicking that the Devils just put on us. Uh, Devils absolutely came out and kicked our ass in the first. They scored the first and second on a power play. Uh, the first was just even strength. Second was a power play goal. Nico Hishier on both. Uh, the first one, Shepard probably wants back. The second one, though, I mean, the first one came off of a rebound. The second one uh, was just a insane tip in front. I mean, Hishier was in motion, and that, that shot had a ton of heat on it, and he just hits it perfectly with the blade of his stick uh, for, for the second goal. In this first period, the, the Capitals just didn't show up. They were dragging ass. Uh, luckily, they were given a power play, and McMichael absolutely sniped as a uh, short side high from no man's land. What a rip. Did you did you see this one, Polly? <clears throat> no, I actually didn't. I was putting my child to bed. Wow, oh, boo. Uh, it was a good goal, man. I mean, Connor McMichael, I believe it was a power play goal as well. Um, just really nice uh kind of reminiscent of how like koozie comes through and and hits it short side but mcmichael was even farther out i mean it was a really deceptive shot incredible release just uh, a sick snipe um <clears throat> the caps did finally arrive at the game late in the first there's all in a flurry of chances including dowd ringing post uh at the end of the first right after that mcmichael goal so you know things are looking up but a little too little too late in the first period ends. And then the second, the caps came out with a vengeance. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough as he sure the, he sure line continued to dominate finding Mercer in front for a one T that fluttered over Shepard's shoulder. This is a play that Hunter Shepard was absolutely guessing on. And that's not great to see. I think that's this one. <clears throat> there were a couple this game for Hunter Shepard, probably three uh, that were more on him then, you know, probably just as much on him as it was the defense. You know, we don't like to bag on goalies on this podcast because I think that's just a uh, low level thinking. But this played the angle on his slide over and this thing kind of fluttered in. I mean, it was still a rip. Don't get me wrong. You know, you can't shoot harder than this in beer league. Let me just tell you that. But it was still kind of one of those shots that uh, I think he got a little too antsy on pushed a little too hard and actually moved himself out of the play. Once he saw the play was going into the middle. I don't think he saw the shooter. Did you see this one, Polly? Mm, no, I don't think I saw this one either. Okay. Well, <clears throat> either way, we're down three to one <clears throat> midway through the, the second, a clean breakout uh, to Ovi sprung Kuzi into the uh, offensive zone for a five hole Barry and a flappy bird Selly. huge for Kuznetsov to get on here uh, on the score sheet. I think he had a goal and an assist this game pointless in 10. So the monkey's off his back here. Let's hope that that's good news and that he continues this trend. Uh, the, I did see this one. Yeah, dude. I mean, the way yeah. he received this puck in the feet, you know, 
gets it up to his stick and then the little, just the ever so slight, like put pumping the puck up over settling it. And then just through the five hole vintage koozie right there. Yeah. And you know, I tweeted that some of the best caps goals in history have been Ovi the koozie. And I was, you know, this one was gorgeous. And then I was referencing the, the goal against the penguins in the playoffs. And right. you know, there's just something, something real nice about, them reversing roles a little bit and <clears throat> Ovi setting him up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Caps did wrestle control of the game their way and on a late power play, John Carlson, baby, America, uh, <laughs> America's ass. JC pumped a, a, a point, point shot home to tie. <clears throat> Dowd then had a chance at the end of the period, was stuffed though uh, in close. Uh, then McLeod came charging back down 46 seconds later after the JC PPG. I'm sorry, it's 3-2 at this point. Um, John Carlson makes it even, and then uh, McLeod came down and did like some shitty spinning backhand that beat Shepard five-hole. You know, that's probably one of the more egregious ones. Shepard was visibly upset to have given that one up. Uh, he yeah, could have been – he should have just – he should have just planted. Yeah, I think – it looked to me like he misread where it came off the, st- or he was anticipating it rolling off the toe and it came off closer towards the middle or the heel. Um, and so, you know, that's an instance where anticipation bit him in the ass. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, the McLeod was turned away and his back was to the net and he just flung a desperation on the ice um, backhander that was, he had all of it um, that was on net. I think that Shepard was looking, was thinking that he would go middle. So Shepard was down set. He picks his leg up to shuffle because he thinks it's going middle and it just goes right under him. Um, that again, you know, I think is Hunter Shepard guessing a little bit on the play. The big thing that makes goalies elite is that they just know where the shot's coming from, right? They have a, they have a, they have a direct line to, all of the five opponent uh, uh, opponent players on the ice, <clears throat> they know what plays are going to develop. They've watched the film. They're tuned in. Those are when goalies are killing it, right? It's almost like they're there before you can even get the playoff, right? <clears throat> That's that is you know a skill that just takes time in the NHL. You know, guys aren't making those plays in the AHL often. Uh, the the speed's different. The layout's a little different. This is growing pains for Hunter Shepard. It just came at a very inopportune time. Ideally, we would have Charlie Lindgren in here, and he was, he'd be pitching a shutout, right? That would be ideal. Yeah, and we'd have Patches scoring a hat trick, Ovi scoring a hat trick, Sonny Milano in there getting one, Tom Wilson getting one, and, you know, uh, Sonny Milano also getting one. So, you know, typically if that were the case, then night in and night out, the Capitals would be averaging like seven goals a game. Yeah. Yeah. In a perfect world. Perfect instead, world. Yeah. instead they're averaging barely over two and that's just not even NHL median. The just average scoring at this point would be a vast improvement to the Washington Capitals and their chances at a playoff appearance. Uh, in the third, the Caps tried to apply pressure and had a power play, but gave up a rush, and Ovi took a tripping call. After the ensuing power play was over, Ovi was leaving uh, the uh, the box, and the Devils finished a nice passing play for their fifth goal. 
then they put the, the Devils put the nail in the coffin with a stuff play and the Caps weren't able to tie up in front where McLeod jammed one home. You know, that's a little bit of rebound control. That's uh, some poor defense. Uh, three of the Devils at, in this game had two goal games. They, they, they accounted for all of the scoring. So, you know, the good here at the end of this game is the Caps got scoring from Kuzi and JC and the second line got a goal from the power play uh, who only, you know, had, they, they, they scored, Mantha scored at the beginning of the week and, you know, quiet a couple games. It's good to see whether it be on the power play or not, because it is literally just the second line is their second power play group. Um, that line just has such good chemistry and they're typically puck dominant, which is great. Um, so good to see them continually getting rewarded because they are the most, <laughs> it's crazy to say that the Protus McMichael and Mantha line is the most productive line as a unit that the Washington Capitals had. And they're really carrying a lot of the water and workload for the offense this season. <clears throat> yeah. That's not really something any of us would have expected to say coming in. Right. Right. But I'm happy to dude, we've been in McMichael's corner all the time, but we've been realistic about it and about how he needs to improve and then people wanted to say, you know, I'm sure there's people out there, fucking idiots out there that are saying McMichael uh, is now, you know, he's the man and, and people were just haters, but he needed that year to go win a championship in the AHL and see what it's like to go through that grind and, and show, you know, what, you know, get that extra level to him. And I think he's shown it here. Um, <clears throat> some more comments. Thanks for the comments, guys. Justin Evelyn. Uh, we're just not that good at the moment. Personally, I hope we trade some peripheral guys like TVR. I think TVR is probably a little bit of trade bait for sure. It's just a low value chip, unfortunately. Um, I, I was a big proponent for making a big blockbuster trader deal in November or even December. I am hoping that it comes by the end of January. You, you need to have this shit handled now. If we wait to the deadline, but I, but I have a feeling that McClellan's going to wait to the deadline because there's just nothing out there. We, we don't have a lot of leverage in these bargains. And if we're going to move a guy like Kuznetsov, you know, we're going to have to retain salary and it's going to be like 50 to 75% of it. Yeah. I mean, maybe TVR could be, uh, you know, part of the package. You know, we may, we may be trading two or three for one to, to get what we want. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, that's when, but the thing is you move that that's almost $10 million in salary cap that you're going to have to absorb. Uh, you know, if somebody took and, and Justin continues, he's saying, you know, Edmondson, I think Edmondson's been okay. I don't, I, I like that. He's kind of steady on the, on the back end. I think that all teams need that type of guy, a la Brooks or during, you know, our cup run, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I've liked Matt, him too. I've liked him too. I think, but he's he's played well. That um, he may be a valuable trade piece. Um, you know, I, he's he showed that he'd be worth it if if he was packaged. I think. Sure, and he's a veteran defender. You know, uh, you know, teams like that shit as they should, and then hopefully get out of the Koozie and Oshi contracts now. You know, Kuznetsov, man, it's such a – when he can take – Kuznetsov can take over a game, dude, and and he's an incredible player in his own right. Unfortunately, he's streaky. He's a little bit of a head case. He's got off-ice trouble. 
Uh, he's been in off ice trouble, uh, not only on the NHL, NHL level, but at the national or the, yeah, the national and world level at that. I don't think teams want him. And then that's shitty. So if they're going to take him, it's going to be, like I said, at an incredibly discounted rate. And the Washington Capitals are going to have to retain like 80% of his salary, which doesn't help yeah. us. No, no, I don't like that. Um, and, you know, as for Oshi, uh, that is quite the contract um, for his production at this point. But um, God, I love Oshi. I know I can't I can't hate Oshi either because here's the thing if he continues to be injured he's really not hurting the Caps to have him there you know he's hurting Big Daddy Leonsis's pockets but you know as far as cap goes and the Washington Capitals will spend to the cap throughout the Ovet rest of the Ovechkin's contract no matter what I believe um, th- I just don't think that you know again it's the same same situation he's a <clears throat> He's vulnerable. He's injury prone. He's on the back nine of his career for sure. Probably more at like hole 15. Um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a rough prospect. I can't name, you know, TJ Oshi with his production, the way it's been the past couple of years. Do you see him helping a team get over a hump? Even at $2 no. million dollars a year? No, I think I, I don't, really think he's getting over the hump at this point. I think he's more of um, at a Stanley Cup winning veteran who can win you shootouts and will score sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, TJ Oshie, he adds an element to the team, man. He really does when he's in the lineup. He The guys are a little bit more willing to go in and bang and things like that. I just don't think – I just don't think Oshie's body can take it anymore. He's an older guy, you know. He's played this way his entire career. That shit catches up to you. Uh, but I love the heart and the determination. And, you know, f- as far as in the room chemistry, he's a huge bonus. But how far does that really get you? Uh, Justin Evelyn also says the worst part about him is that if he's not producing, he's such a liability defensively. I believe he's talking about Kuznetsov. And, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, you're right. There's not, I'm not saying anything against that. Um, so, during this New Jersey game, Shepard had a bad showing. The Caps really could have made uh, ground in the division this game and this week, but came out flat and shit the bed. Uh, I mean, this basically flip-flopped the Caps Devils of the standings. The Caps are now sixth uh, and third in the wild card. And uh, the uh, – did you put that in? Yeah. The Caps yeah, are sixth uh... in the – what do you mean? They're they're sixth in the division, third in the wild card. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not great. Not 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 a not a great thing to 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 be at the end of this week, though. The rest of the teams in the Metro also took their licks. So again, it's just a dogfight. Why the Metro is the the best division in hockey? Um, and so overall, I've just got some takeaway thoughts that I know you're dying to hear, Caps fans. Please uh, tell us. Yeah, right. I know you're just you're just uh, swelling. Your plums are swelling with anticipation. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen the narrative that the that the in, in the you know fucking announcers, <laughs> the play by play guys and, and the color guys and, and the analysts that are out there, the talking heads have said you know the Caps either come out and dominate and play really well or they completely shit the bed. 
And on the surface, I think that's true. But I think another way of saying that is that the Caps play a brand of hockey conducive to having the puck, but not, not necessarily getting the results of putting it in the back of the net right now because we just don't have that top in talent or that finishing spark. Uh, and, and I'm not saying this is a personnel thing. It could be just a timing situational thing. Um, you know, obviously scoring is the end goal, but but I'm not sure they have the tools or, or the, the guys clicking at the right, right uh, pace right now. Um, so another way of really just saying that initial statement is that their, their struggling offense has done just enough to barely win or lose in extra time to eke out points. And when the defense and goaltending is on par with the offensive performance, they get fucking wrecked. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's a better way of saying it. Right. So you can say like, oh, yeah, well, they either show up or they don't. And, you know, it's just a coin flip. You don't know which team you're getting. But honestly, I think it's more of a consistent. I think it's much more consistent than that. Uh, I definitely think that the offense is struggling damn near the bottom in the league. Uh, I think we're second from last at just over two goals a game on average. And that is not acceptable for an NHL team trying to limit a NHL opponent to one goal is an impossibility. Now the Washington Capitals have done it and they've done it really well. And that's because their goaltending and their defense and their structure with Carberry and their forecheck and their effort and their never say die attitude has been there. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody given up on this team. I think that, you know, the attitudes in the right spot, the drive, the buy-in, the coaching, the system is all good. It's just that, when the defense and and we have structural breakdowns and they are on par with what our offense is doing, it's a shit show and we're barely an NHL team. So all this to say, I think it's unsustainable the way that we're playing and we're, because we're definitely not the LA Kings from 2012 and 2014. And even if we do get into a playoff situation, it's definitely not enough to win a series at this current rate. Uh, one more comment, Justin, again, Thanks for commenting. Uh, honestly, I hope that Baxter retires and we can use the money to sign Nylander. So who cares if he retires? He doesn't need to retire for us to get that cap space. I think that it would be stupid for Nicholas Baxter to retire. He should uh, just stay on LTIR and be involved with the team, be with the boys, you know, um, write his contract out, which is what's that? And get paid. And get paid. Yeah. So he'll get his contract money. If he retires, he relinquishes all of that. Typically, when you see a player retire, they have aspirations to go play somewhere else. I don't think Nick Backstrom is in any hurry to go play back in Sweden, um, if he even can. And when it comes to injuries, this is just like Carl Haglin, right? You don't extend an offer to him when his time comes. He rides out his contract on LTIR, you know, which means he's got to go to meetings. He's got to be with the team. But, you know, a veteran like that, you give him a long leash. You just let him, you know. Backy, whenever you want to come to the rink, you know you got a family here. But I think everybody, I think the writing on the wall says Nick Baxter is just going to ride it out, write out his contract, and that's just going to be it. At the end of the contract, it's over, um, and he doesn't get another one. Uh, whereas Ovechkin, if he has the willingness to play, I think the Washington Capitals will entertain another year beyond what he's got now, especially if he hasn't broken the record by that time. And it looks like with current – performance now i'm not counting ovi out i still think ovi could finish this season with high 20s mid 30s goals um but you know if he doesn't 
maybe and doesn't and kind of has the same similar season next season and he's within a handful or 10, 15 goals of the record, I think that the Washington Capitals would be absolutely fucking stupid not to just give him one year. Yeah. And be like, <clears throat> yeah, for be sure. Like, you're on the power play, you're on there uh, on empty net situations, and you're playing third line. Yeah. I mean, you don't want him walking and breaking that record in a different jersey. Right, because you know that there's a team that's going to give him a one-year contract, even if it is eight, nine million. Yeah. Um, so unsustainable play from the Washington Capitals this week. Silver lining, we did see some goal goals being scored, you know, uh, four against Pittsburgh, three against the Devils, and, uh, you know, which is okay. The, the, the crazy part right now is that literally, uh, I mean, we're, we're saying like a four-goal game is a high-scoring game for the Washington Capitals, and that is rough. That is – that is uncharted territory, folks. So, not like the days of yore. Right, exactly. Not not like the golden ages. Uh, you know, make the Capitals great again. I guess, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, we. Uh, what did we say? Um, we had our predictions from last week. Let's go over it. We had four games this week. I had said that Ovi would not score once. He'd score zero. By the way, this is a reverse karma week. I'm taking one for the team here. Oh, yeah, okay. here we go. But but I said zero. Paul, you said three. He scored two. I, I guess you get the half win. You get no – well, no one wins, but you were just one tiny iota more right. Well, two iotas more right. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Okay. We went – the the record for the Washington Capitals one two and one, I guess this is what you're referring to, Paul. You said we'd go three and one. I said we'd go zero oh and four. Uh, you know, on the pride scale, the Washington Capitals went maybe one and three. So I think I'm I'm more right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm not taking a victory for that. Okay, fair enough. Well, total wash. My reverse karma was not effective. Um, no. <laughs> it was not effective. Uh, and then, uh, oh, looks like one more comment from Justin. No, he scored three, but it got taken away in, in on garbage, and that is absolutely fucking correct. So, Paula, you were very close. You should be even more irate due to that bullshit. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> the NHL bent me over a barrel here. Yeah, they, they fucked us all, guys. They fucked us all, us included. Um, so next week we've got on a somewhat slow week, a regular week, too, with games spaced out properly. Um, by the way, January is an absolute meat grinder. We've got a lot of division opponents. We've got all playoff teams, basically, that we're playing all in January. I had thought that, that the beginning of the season for the Washington Capitals was crazy tough. Well, it turns out, you know, as of, like, January 1, the Washington Capitals have like the second hardest strength of schedule for the rest of the season. Now, what is strength of schedule? You know, it's it's a it's a fugazi, fugazi, it's a woozy, it's a wazi, right? But I mean, you know, there's uh, some merit to it, uh, and it doesn't stop in this week. On the fifth, we've got Carolina at home, and on the seventh, we've got LA at home. This last game in New Jersey kicked off a five-game homestand, though. 
So I'm liking that. Hoping the Washington Capitals can show up for the home team, for the home 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 teams or home crowd. Um, Washington Capitals are going to go two and zero. This we're going undefeated. We're going to beat Carolina and we're going to beat the Kings. The All Kings, right. by the way, is a three p.m. matinee. Yeah. Um, and then there's a back-to-back on the 13th and 14th, both 1 p.m. matinees home and home with the rags. That's going to be a discussion for next week, but yeah, uh, I just, uh, I threw that in there just so we could see that we've got, uh, in the next couple games, three matinees. Yeah. So sick dude, Washington Capitals are just the best matinee team ever. So great. Yeah. Um, How many Ovi goals did you say? I think Ovi's going to score two. Two. All right. And this is like a real prediction for me. I've been, I've been doing the reverse karma. I've been, I've, I've really been throwing a lot of my calls this season just to make sure. Um, But Polly, what's yours? What's your, this is a real one for me. What's yours? I'm, I'm sticking with Ovi scoring three. Hopefully these ones stand. And uh, I think the Caps are going to go 1-0-1. I'm anticipating an overtime loss um, <clears throat> in the matinee game against the Kings. Okay. Okay. I think that's wise, but it's still a point. Uh, we got to gobble up those points as much as we can, even if they do come in, in, in an OTL um, in extra time. So, look, the Washington Capitals are nowhere near out of the race right now. But they do they do live on a precarious edge. Uh, there are no there gone are the days when we are locking down the division by this time. That's never going to happen again. Uh, we are very much in the hunt. The rest of the metro is also in the hunt. So it's just absolute meat, meat grinder situation. But I have a feeling the Washington Capitals are going to come back swinging. Hopefully, we get some guys off IR. Hopefully, our goaltender comes back. Uh, and then it becomes a much more solid core. Uh, so I'm comfortable with my picks, and, and I, I like them a lot. Use DraftKings to bet. Yeah. That's where you do your betting. Uh, and that's a uh, that's code THPN, if you didn't know. Um, Thank us later. All right. Last comment again. Justin sticking with us in, on Twitter. Kuznetsov, over, under. <laughs> over, under on the plus minus. He says he's going to be minus four. Kuznetsov can't go minus four for my record. So I'm going to say Kuznetsov is a plus one. So so I'm going hammering the over. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer the, Oh, I'm not going to hammer the over, but I'll take the over. Um, I think, I think it's likely that he'll be minus, but (laughs) minus four in two games. Um. I don't know. I think I think he's going to be feeling it after after tonight, and I think he's going to carry some momentum into this weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Caps fans, thanks so much. Uh, all the people that commented, Justin Connor, thanks for sticking with us and and watching the live show. We stream typically every Sunday. Next then, week we'll be back on our regular schedule, uh, right, Polly? Yeah, yeah. Next week we'll be on our regular schedule. Also, thank you to Daniel who also commented. Yeah, shout out Daniel. Uh, pointed out the 
uh, how the NHL screwed us with the time on Ovi's goal. That's true. That's true as well. Yeah, we'll be back on our schedule. We'll record after, at some point after the matinee game. And we'll be back to two episodes recording on Sundays. Yep, streaming on Sundays, uh, typically late. And then Monday and Thursday releases. Monday is always a week in review. And then Thursdays, it's our segment-based episode where we just pontificate on whatever the fuck we're, th- we're feeling that week. So, Capstans, until Monday, have a happy new year. Thanks for sticking with us uh, throughout our little two-episode break there. And uh, Hockey Trail, Poly Cupcakes, signing off. Go USA. Go USA. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Polly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.